2: Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday. at Hale City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Hope you had a good uh, holiday weekend. Numbers to get in. Dial up with us at 466 5865 can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt, that's me, and Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And uh, as always, email the show, Chris at hailvarsity.com. The magnificent seven, right? Seven in state kids, seven in state offers a banner class potentially of twenty twenty-three players for Nebraska. We'll try and run down, and he's hard to catch. Benny Nagoy from Lincoln High, standout wide receiver and defensive back. He's doing some track right now because he's awesome at that. Uh, Benny's supposed to be with us uh, towards the end of the show. Got to catch up with Mickey Joseph earlier as he popped by Lincoln High and got that Nebraska offer. Zane Flores off to Stillwater. The uh, Gretna Stud is going to go play quarterback in the Big 12. A couple of news and notes to get to with uh, some of the in-state stops for Nebraska's coaching as it is spring evaluation period. So we'll get there. We'll uh, dive into quarterback play for Nebraska, some news and notes also uh, around uh, how much uh, USFL did you catch on the weekend, and uh, of course, match play, the match. No PGA pros, but a lot of NFL dudes that can swing it better than
0: me. Elijah, what do you know? What's going on? Not too much. Uh, looking forward to watching my Nuggets play. That's been what's on my, my docket pretty much all day today, just looking forward to that because... After that game one performance, I need to wash the, the taste out of my mouth so, mouth, so hopefully the Nuggets can can uh, mount a better performance tonight against the Warriors. I'm not confident, but I am hopeful.
2: You can always be uh, be hopeful. Uh, coming up in about 15 minutes, more on the recruiting trail with Greg Smith from Hale Varsity. And an hour from now, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. So as we dive in, what does better quarterback play constitute? Well, (laughs) options first. Uh, That's more like 1A. 1 is taking care of the football, right? I mean, it's been a storyline. It's been an issue. It's plagued Nebraska uh, for a a lot of years, right? You you have to go back to really kind of the the, the mid-'90s to when ball security was, was pretty prime, despite running an option offense where you're prone to turnovers because of the amount of ball handling required. As you fast forward, uh, Nebraska had has had issues. Uh, as great as he was, Team Magic had ball security issues, right? Uh, you fast forward to, to Adrian, and, and Adrian just, man, he, he got bit by the turnover bug, either trying to do too much or – would get strip sacked or bad snap or whatever the case. There was a lot of forcing going on or a play made by the defense, and it's it's tough because I have a I have a pretty strong belief that if you're going to run your quarterback as much as Nebraska does, they need to be in contact during practice. Well, that's asking for trouble. And most places in college football do not let the quarterback get hit or breathed on. I think Alabama is the exception, quite honestly. And even then, if you hit the quarterback too hard, whoever that future first round guy is, you might get a scolding. Uh, But really, that's to me, Nebraska, it's hard to be a quarterback that takes care of the football when you're asked to run a lot if you're, only contact the majority of your contact comes on football Saturdays and and listen you you carry it and handle it differently as a quarterback than you do a running back backs are used to taking a handoff and that 45 point pressure setup that's been preached at and told to you by your running backs coach since peewee ball it's it's just different so taking care of the football to me is going to be the prime thing for Nebraska football in 2022. That's probably pretty obvious, but it needs to be seen and done for Nebraska to have a better 2022. You're not going to ask your quarterback, presumably this quarterback, in Casey Thompson, not that he can't, but you're going to run the football with your running backs behind the offensive line. You might sprinkle in a little Marcus Mariota for good measure, four to eight carries, or maybe a scramble here and there because he's a fast dude. But for the most part, Elijah, it's going to come down to getting time in the pocket, not throwing interceptions, taking care of the football, not getting strip-sacked. And if you are taking off, taking care of the football, and, and Nebraska has been burned by that the last decade when it comes to taking care of the football, even as is, is many comebacks as Tommy Armstrong led uh, he was he was not necessarily fumble prone, but he was interception prone. And and, and to say he was a, a a pick thrower, isn't right either. Tommy's I thought Tommy for a, a dual threat quarterback really threw the football well for Nebraska.
0: Yeah, but it, it it's, I mean the, the story of Nebraska, as you said, pretty much over the past decade, at least the past five years, has been those things that win and lose you games, it, uh, win and lose you close games. I should say when it comes to turnovers. Special teams, uh, penalties. Those are all the areas that Nebraska has struggled with, and especially so early in the year in the past four years since Scott Frost has taken over. A lot of times they'll get penalties cleaned up. Special teams will show a semblance of improvement throughout the season. Um, even turnovers have sometimes gotten better. I think they got better last year as the season went on. Nebraska got better at protecting the ball. But uh, it's these little things that you wonder what's going on in practice where you go, are you not focusing on? Lining up on the line of scrimmage, or you're not focusing on, on practicing different snap counts, so you're not going to false start. Or are you not uh, focusing on on instructing the running backs to keep it high and tight? It's those those fundamentals of football that have been taught since Peewee that Nebraska has struggled with over the past couple of years. That's what's been losing them a, a good number of close football games. And, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'd like to see those things cleaned up, and I think Nebraska does have the potential here for those things to be cleaned up. It's just a question of can they actually do it come fall camp? Can they focus on those things and improve? Well,
2: and, and you've heard former coaches that used to be here preach it specifically at the quarterback spot how many years in spring and fall, did Mario get in front of a microphone when it was his turn to talk and say, take care of the frickin' ball? Well, Nebraska didn't get much better in big games. They're all big, right, especially when you go 3-9 and nine, uh, at, at taking care of the football. And it, it also comes down to kind of balancing out your offense, don't you think? Uh, if, it, if it was going to get done, it was Adrian that got it done right or wrong he was out there trying to make a play or you're out there with uh, McCaffrey and he had a, a a tough day against Minnesota he had a tough game against Illinois not to not to completely rehash but you look at those losses that you're still like pissed about as a Nebraska fan you're like oh, turnovers how many points off turnovers how many uh, killer starting field position you know, prime real estate setups to the opponent's offense get because of turnovers a lot a lot of them either you, you get stripped or you throw an interception and it comes down to the uh, the overtime session against Michigan State slant route pick uh, Aiden Hutchinson tries to, to wreck Adrian's knee boom fumble as it's a tie ball game and you're going for the winning drive it's, it's something that, that dare I say won't be tolerated no matter who you are, by Coach Whipple. Uh, he's seen a lot. He's done a lot. And I don't know that he's, uh, uh, you know, uh, a teddy bear. I mean, if, if he gets pissed about something, he's going to let you know about it. And he isn't afraid to, to make changes if you're not taking care of the football. You're also going to have more options. You're going to have less experienced options. In a lot of instances, Purdy's not played a lot of football. He's played some. Harburg got a look, but hasn't played. Smothers has one career start. And then you have a, a a season of Casey Thompson. And his touchdown to interception ratio was really good. But he was always playing from behind or having to to win a shootout. You wanna talk <laughs> you wanna talk about pressure? It's just a different situation, but the same result, a close game, right? Where it's a touchdown or a field goal difference. You look at Texas's record last year. So you're going to have options. If someone gets hurt or can't get it done, there's more to pick from.
0: And that's not just at the quarterback position. The quarterback's a great example, but when you look at running back last season, uh, if Vermeer Johnson wasn't seeing the holes well in a game, if uh, what they practiced all week in practice wasn't what they saw on Saturday, the the defense changed things up. Nebraska couldn't go to a a different running back really last year and have confidence in that guy as soon as Gabe Irvin went down. Hmm. I mean, you look at Jacquez Yant where he had issues with Fumbling and tripping over his own feet behind the line of scrimmage, not hitting the correct hole, where I'm not sure you could 100% trust him to put him in if if Ramir Johnson wasn't getting the job done. This year, uh, I mean, I think personally, Anthony Grant's going to be the starting running Mm -hmm. back. That's how I see it right now, based on what we've heard coming out of spring. But if Ramir Johnson is the guy, you have Anthony Grant as a backup who's looked great in the spring. You have another year under the belt of uh, Jacquez Yant. Uh, where you'd expect he's going to make some improvements and maybe he's a a more competent backup running back. Gabe Irvin coming back off injury. And even along the offensive line, if if an offensive tackle is struggling with a pass rusher, say Prohaska is really struggling on that left side, I think you're going to have backups that you can at least try to throw out Mm -hmm. there in the forms of uh, Ben Hart, in the form of Brent Banks, in the form of maybe Hunter Anthony. There's a lot more options uh, just top to bottom for this Husker offense, and I'm not even getting into the wide receiver position yet, where I think if things aren't going your way, if a guy's not taking care of the ball, if a guy's being prone to penalties, just losing his matchups, I think you have more options of, of people to turn to who can maybe make a difference on that offense. Well,
2: think about what, what Martin said as well. Oliver's like, this dude's got an answer for everything. How many times in the last four to five years have you felt good about Nebraska's ability to make an adjustment? either offensively. I think they've adjusted better as they've kind of grown defensively, right? But offensively, I mean, the it felt like the game plan was to to jump out, blitz them with a with a flurry of points and you're up 44 to 7. hadn't happened except for the except for the Northwestern game, right? In the Frost era. It's so a it's a drastic change for for how excuse me, how he won ball games at Central Florida what? against a, with with really good talent against a pretty strong conference on paper.
0: I think we've seen more of, less Northwestern, more what we saw Penn State in 2020 or Iowa last season where you jump out in the first half, score a couple of touchdowns before halftime, and then you're hanging on for dear life in mm-hmm. the second half. Because
2: you, you, you don't get anything going. Mm-hmm. There's no... You know, zig when they zag to, to the defensive adjustment. So, to your point, you're going to have more options. That's key. You'd like to think you're going to be better suited to in-game adjustments because you're going to need to do that by series three or four if what you planned and prepped wasn't working or it's stagnant. Uh, can you go to a, a plan B or a plan C and have it work? But overall overall offensively it's going to be uh, just paramount for for Nebraska football to be able to uh, to kind of settle in settle down and above all just go do their thing uh, when it comes to making an, making an adjustment and having a different option and more help more more lead on the run game trust the offensive line find a, a go to Setup or system with your wide receiving group and, and be a balanced offense that can scare defenses with their pass catchers grind away and be physical on the line and, and have a physical tough run game. I mean, this running backs situation is going to be pretty fascinating moving forward because you feel like grant Ramirez, and Yan are your top three. Gabe Irvin's coming back from injury. And then you're adding Emmett Johnson, Potentially DeAndre Jackson from A and M, and AJ Allen's coming in from from uh, from TCU. So who's left? Well, a lot of kids that saw time in the second half that ran hard. That I would think uh, either are native Nebraskans that'll continue to to grind away. They want to be here. You would think uh, that to me just leaves Marquis Step as a question mark. You've already had uh, Scott and Morrison transfer out a year ago. So you have a new group of backs with a new man leading the charge at running back three out of 11 seasons in the Big Ten. Nebraska has finished the season with their leading rusher at running back. People have gotten dinged. People do get dinged in the Big Ten. As nice as Ramir was, it was no different for him. Nebraska had to go elsewhere for the final two games.
0: And I think I feel as good about the running back position for this upcoming season as i felt during any season under Scott Frost. And I think you can say the same for the wide receiver position. Uh, You can say the same, I'd say, for the quarterback position. Uh, The position group, I'm still in wait and see mode and that might even be generous is the offensive line the offensive line is still the, the biggest question mark of this offense and you can have talent everywhere else in the offense but if the offensive line is not able to give the quarterback time and not able to open up any running lanes for the running back you're going to struggle offensively despite the fact that you have a lot more talent in these other positions so uh, a lot of this offense's success is going to come down to how well this offense line can play, and that's where I'm still in wait-and-see mode.
2: Well, and that's fair because you you don't know who's healthy, who's recovered, and who's ready to go, and then you still got to settle on your five and then find me plus two, right, as a swing guard, backup guard, slash center, or tackle. There are options. What's the development like? You hope it was good during spring. You think it was pretty decent during spring as they uh, leap on in. Well, it is evaluation time, and how is that going for the Nebraska coaches with some in-state talent? We'll find out next. Greg Smith with us from Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR.
1: And we're back. Fellas, so, think we could listen to the radio listen? On Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
3: Yes! That's awesome!
2: Back with you, it's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah we were efforting one Greg Smith uh, to talk some recruiting, but Pretty busy week for Nebraska. Coaches have hit the road. Look at Greg's take on things. And, you know, you look at some of the in-state talent that uh, is part of this 2023 class. And uh, seven in-state kids Nebraska has offered. Malachi Coleman, Maverick Noonan, Brock Knudsen, and, uh, of course, uh, Benny Nagoy. We're uh, set to talk with Benny here in about an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, ben Bromer, Gunnar Gatula, Sam Sledge are already in the boat for Nebraska for 2023. And of course, you have Zane Flores that said, uh, I do, to Oklahoma State on uh, Easter Sunday. So uh, Mike Gundy getting his quarterback. We say hi to Greg Smith and Greg Smith HV on Twitter. Greg, uh, busy week for Nebraska, spring evaluation time. You've been covering recruiting a long time. How do you kind of rank this in-state crop here for 2023, bud?
3: Yeah, I man, it's really good. Like this is as good as it's been um, since I've been doing this. Like we've had some really good years where you've had, you know, five guys from in-state uh, back in that Henrich and Hickman year, um, and, and Garrett uh, Snodgrass and Garrett Nelson and even Piper that year. With all of those guys coming to Nebraska from in-state. Um, but other than that, this year might beat that one just because of the depth of talent um, in the class that's not only coming to Nebraska and that can potentially still come to Nebraska, but then also the guys that are. They can head elsewhere to play college football as well. It's, it's a really deep group.
2: It's one thing to, to have Nebraska offer and on the road for the in-state kids, Greg. It's another to have some of the who's who of college football infiltrating the state border. That's happening for Malachi Coleman. It happened for Flores, obviously, and it's uh, you know it's no stranger to have a new logo in the mailbox if you are Noonan or Knudsen or Nagoy.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that that's one of those things that it's really tough um, for fans because you want the, you know Nebraska to get all of those kids, and it's great for Nebraska to land them, but it's also great for those kids to be able to have increased exposure because it's also a trickle-down effect um, because their teammates get to get seen and all of that, too. Um, but, yeah, it only makes things tougher, but in the end, it's great for the kids, um, but it increases that competition for Nebraska for sure.
2: As you look at the, the, the Greg Smith big board, uh, where, where are things slotted from a Nebraskan need? What, what does Nebraska need in 2023 with what's available in state?
3: Yeah, it's interesting from from what's available in state. I think having you know an edge rusher um, that's going to be a, a really strong regional recruit, Maverick Noonan, I think is, is way up there on, at the top of the list. Nebraska all, all, also needs to revamp that offensive line and continue to bring in uh, a young players. So having a few guys in state uh, to potentially hang your hat on there is also really good. Um, and then seeing what happens, I think if you can land Malachi Coleman, he can either if he develops into that edge rusher. Uh, Um, then you've also got another big bonus there. But even if he stayed at wide receiver, having a guy that talented um, is always going to be a bonus. So Nebraska's needs actually line up pretty well, I think, with players in state.
2: How big a fight is it going to be for for Brock Knudsen? Uh, And I ask that because Matty Campbell took the uh, the old uh, flying cyclone west earlier this year in person to see him. That's the first time a D1 coach has ever flown out to Scott's Bluff on a recruiting roadie. Uh, but I know that he's tech, you know he's still an in-state Nebraska kid. Where, where do things stay with, with Brock and Nebraska and, and all of his other suitors?
3: I think Nebraska is in a good spot there. The the key thing to know here, and I haven't talked to him yet, I'm not 100% sure, but the key thing to me on on a recruitment like this is whether or not Nebraska kept in good communication while he was waiting for that offer, right? If you're him and you see a couple of other guys in state at your position in the class, you may start to look elsewhere thinking that there's just not going to be room for you. But if Nebraska kept things open with him and said, hey, listen, and I think they did, say, hey, we've got a new offensive line coach. He needs to evaluate everything. He's got a lot on his plate and we'll get back to you, and then they did with an offer, I think that can really help their chances with that honest and open communication. But I think Nebraska's in a good spot with
0: them. Greg Smith is is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Greg, after a a disappointing finish to in-state recruiting last season, uh, I mean, a couple high-profile guys getting away for Nebraska, uh, it's been pretty apparent that this has been the focus of this year's recruiting class. But do you think there's any – Less attention on out of state recruiting because of of the focus and the talent that they have on in state recruiting and is that okay?
3: I don't think that there's less of a focus on out-of-state recruiting just because Nebraska's going to always have to fill in the gaps um, with that out-of-state recruiting, right? There's an increased number of guys in the state this year. Um, if anything, Nebraska just needed to increase the focus on those in-state players so they could do a better job of landing them, and, they, and they're on their way to doing that. Uh, we'll see how it finishes out a long time to December. Uh, but, no, I don't think it's coming at the expense of out-of-state recruiting. You're still going to see, as you saw for the spring game, a lot of guys coming in town from out of
2: out of space. Greg uh, tell me a little bit here about Benny Nagoy, Lincoln High prospect we'll speak with him here uh, after track practice but just monster size, phenomenal athlete, loved his film in, in space and of course going deep and uh, he was well paid attention to by opposing defenses and it, and it didn't matter but he's a phenomenal combination of, of track athlete and football dude.
3: Yeah, he absolutely is. I think the first thing about him is he's got really good size. He's probably 6'3", 6'4", um, about 180, somewhere in that range. Um, and he's got great measurables, right? We've seen him on video jumping out of the gym. You see the speed. Um, I'm really curious. I know Nebraska offered him as an athlete today, so either or at wide receiver or defensive back. Like I've, I think I went and saw him this past season, and I wrote that I liked him better at defensive back and what he could potentially turn into there as kind of a very big defensive back um, and so so I'm curious to see how that plays out for him and how this next football season goes. Uh, but another big time offer here in state for Nebraska, and I think that you know Nebraska will probably shoot up towards the top, if not the top, of his visit with or of his school um, list. Uh, but he's got some visits that he's going to get in as well.
0: Yeah, and I remember a, a guy, defensive back from a couple years ago that came over from the offensive side of the ball, and uh, that that name is Stanley jean Baptiste. Is that a, a similar comp to what you'd see with? If you were to move over to the, the defensive side of the ball and play corner? They do
3: have similar size as far as height. Um, I don't know about, about the size, like the bulk. Um, but, yeah, that's always kind of the comp if, you, if you're looking at that type of a guy. And that can really help with a player um, moving over from defense, or moving over from wide receiver to defensive back you just have a different vantage point in um, a little bit of the way that we see with Marquise Buford, right, moving from quarterback to defensive back. And he talks about some of those things that, as an advantage uh, to him in making that move.
2: Greg, your take on Zane Flores heading down to the mullet land.
3: Boy, I still, like, <laughs> you can see me shaking my head. I, I'm not 100% sure what's going on um, with that situation. We've talked about this a lot, um, and so it's hard to know, like, kind of, you know where Nebraska either dropped the ball, where he dropped the ball, what happened there between him and Nebraska, but that being said, that's a great pickup for for Oklahoma State. We've seen him in person, right? Um, I really like him as a player. I think Zane can really spin it, and I actually think that he'll fit. He fit in that offense with Gundy really well. You know they're going to have pro-style receivers um, down there throw two as well, playing in a little bit more open conference. Um, I think that's a really good fit for him, and a good early snag out of Nebraska for Mike Gundy, which is something that, that you know I never thought I'd be seeing. <laughs> Day.
0: Ever well, well, yeah, but, but you, you mentioned the fact that it's an early snagger. Are, are you surprised that Zane's pulling the trigger this early? I mean, his recruitment's really picked up over the past two months, and I was looking to see what other schools were going to come come knocking in the next couple of months, maybe even during a senior football season. So, are, are you surprised that he decided to to wrap it up and, and commit so early?
3: No, only because he's a quarterback, right? Like, I feel like any time, you know, we're talking about quarterbacks, um, it's generally the earlier, the better for those guys. Um, and so him had, knowing where he wanted to go and having taken a visit out there, at least one, um, and knowing where he wants to go, hey, just go ahead and, and make it, you know, verbally official at this point. Now, I'm never surprised quarterback.
2: Well, and the other part, too, is how many quarterbacks – are, are portal bound or you know I mean that's yeah, the that thing is. quarterbacks are, are really hurt because of the portal now uh, high school quarterbacks are I mean there's there's more competition to, to go get a guy that's air quote more college seasoned but I think Zane will will kill it down at Okie State man good good ball player Greg uh, coaches where are they at are they just mainly in state here to start off the evaluation period?
3: Yes, yeah, so so circling back to what we were talking about about oh, the in-state talent, like them starting off in-state instead of starting out, you know, down in Georgia or Florida or wherever, and then kind of making a, a pit stop back home. Um, I think it's a really good showing. I think it's it's also great to see that you know Mickey Joseph was out in the Lincoln High Schools. He was out in the Omaha High Schools as well. I know he was at um, Lincoln High, where, where Benny is. He was out at Omaha West Side. Uh, Mike Dawson was out at Elkhorn South, where where 2023 uh, Edge uh, Maverick Noonan. Is that you've got some other guys out in the state as well. Keep in mind that during this time, the only person that cannot be on the road is Scott Frost, um, so you won't see any any reports of Scott Frost being out there. Uh, but yeah, covering the state is where those guys are.
2: Dylan Raiola was at Ohio State over the weekend. Would you believe? Do you believe that Ohio State would pass on a 2023 quarterback if they got a commitment for from Raiola for 2024?
3: I do believe that. um, And I believe that after this visit this past weekend, that Dylan, uh, Ohio State is in the driver's seat for Dylan. um, And that probably is part of the pitch based on what I'm hearing. And it's a smart move uh, for Ohio State. A, they're never hurting for quarterback talent. But when you get to, you know, make a solid pitch like that to the number one player in the 2024 class overall, um, that's something that would make you not need to take a 2023 quarterback, especially considering, you know, they've got five stars already on campus at the quarterback position waiting for cj stroud to just head off to the nfl um they're in a good spot right now
0: greg last thought here about a minute left and you mentioned uh, last question that scott frost not allowed to be out on the road right now what is the the head man allowed to do in terms of recruiting uh first off in the next month or two and, and then just as a whole until the season starts
3: yeah, so right now, I mean, he can basically he can be on campus, and if they were to do official visits, because you can still technically do those. I don't think you're seeing a lot of them right now, because teams are waiting until the summer. Um, but they, it, he could be a part of those. Uh, but he's really probably back at the office, kind of making calls, getting on FaceTime with kids if that's allowed. Um, then he'll be able to get out and be part of camp season once Nebraska starts. You know, going out to different satellite camps and then hosting their camps when it when it comes to June, and then also Nebraska will be. Having an official visit starting here in May because uh, Caden Green, the four-star uh, offensive lineman out of Missouri, has told me that he's going to be on campus for an official visit on uh, May 20th. So look out for those to start beginning next month as well.
2: Greg, real quick, uh, about 20 seconds. You've had a, a great video experience with a lot of the kids that were here for the spring game. Any, any kids stick out to you in your sit-downs? <sighs>
3: Oh, man, that, that's tough. Um, Joshua Manning, uh, the wide receiver out of Missouri. Like I really like where Nebraska is with him and things that he says about his relationship with Mickey Joseph. Um, he's been to Nebraska, I think, three or four times since Mickey wow. Joseph has been on campus uh, because he's been to he – he was at the spring game, was at one of the junior days for sure, and maybe popped down a different time. Um, that's always a great sign, right? So so if you're looking for another wide receiver to look out for, and I think Nebraska's going to take at least three in this class. Um, he's definitely one to wide.
4: Greg, keep up the great work. Thanks for a few minutes.
3: Hey, thanks, Alex. Have a good one, then.
4: Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce 10 issues of our monthly magazine our annual football yearbook and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code gbr for ten dollars off a full year of hail varsity that's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe promo code gbr chime in 402-466 espn
1: or email the show chris at hailvarsity.com just try
2: Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. 20 minutes away from Charlie McBride. Phones open for you at 466-377-6800. 825-5865. We started the show off. What do you believe will Nebraska have better quarterback play in 2022? O-lines first, but quarterbacks right there. You need better quarterback play if you think so. Why? If you don't, why don't you think they'll have better quarterback play? Four six six three seven seven six. I'm in the camp of yes, because of the options you have, and I think you're just going to have well more uh, more ability to adjust by your new offensive coordinator. Period. Point blank. End of discussion. I, I'm putting my chips in Elijah's in the middle, that it'll be a better run offense. It'll be more fundamentally to a T uh, with the offensive line play. I think your running back room will have uh, more polish uh, and, uh, and better execution, and they'll know where they stand. It isn't going to be a merry-go-round of carries or some guy plays a game and then disappears, and uh, you'll have a, a, a standard enforced. Uh, more so. So that's where I'm at. We'll dive into uh, the athletic story on what has happened to Colorado football next hour. We'll talk to Charlie McBride here about some uh, some spring evaluation stuff that he went through. And also we'll remember Brooke Beringer, 26 years ago. Today, Brooke uh, passing away in that horrific plane crash. So uh, you have the quarterbacks uh, center stage here, Elijah. Uh, set to rock and roll. Coming up June first for the match. So Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Nice shade thrown by Tom Brady towards Josh Allen on Twitter. Pretty funny. Are you missing? I mean, Phil's kind of in exile right now. Tiger's injured, even though he's played. He didn't Tiger from from pre February. So you're you're not going with any PGA? Are you going to tune in to watching four NFL dudes swing the clubs on June 1st?
0: I wish they added. I mean, well, I guess we'll I kind of. I want like. the. I want the.
2: I want a. I want a pro golf element to it.
0: Well, see, I'd like to have it be a something where you can pair up these quarterbacks with, like, say, a wide receiver or one of their best friends on their team, and then you can have a pairing. And you can do like best ball or or something like that. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, as I mean, these guys are going to be. Competing as individuals, which which is fine, but I think what made the the last one special is the fact that you had these guys who aren't golfers teamed up with somebody who was, in fact, a golfer, which I think yeah. made it a little bit more watchable. Uh, the fact that that the, the scores are probably be a little bit lower. I, I don't know what the the golf games of these guys are like, but I I mean I'd be watching to see who shoots the lowest score, not who shoots the lowest of the high scores. So I guess we'll see how how these guys are as golfers. Well, I mean, you had Phil and you had Bryson last
2: year. That was out in Big Sky, Montana in July. And uh, you had Rodgers clinching the victory with a a 12-foot putt on the 16th. This is going to be a 12-hole exhibition at the win in Vegas. That's the uh, golf course on the Vegas Strip. It is all for charity, which is great. And uh, you you got the old guard, Reggie Dunlap and the old guard. Uh, Yeah, the, the old guard, Brady and Rogers versus Mahomes and Allen. Is Mahomes' little brother allowed on the course to Instagram and taunt? I sure hope not. I mean, I, I, right? Don't you want to see Jackson in the sand there Dude, screaming, no. you will not make
0: this pot? No, I don't want to see him on the TV screen at all.
2: And then you want to see a, a riled up Brady come after him with a wedge? Could do us all a favor.
0: <laughs> all I know is I think it'd be fun to see like Mahomes and Kelsey teamed up. Uh, Brady and Gronk teamed up. That, that's what I want to see. I want to see these guys with like some of the like the the guys that they know best teamed up together and we see what their interactions are like off a of football field but still in a competitive environment. And
2: I want it live mic'd and I want I want a shot per hole. Yeah.
0: Well, how about a shot per bogey. Every okay, time every sure. every time the You're team punish- bogeys you gotta, you gotta take it. Depending a shot. on
2: how you look at it, your punishment is a a shot if you bogey. Or or a shot when you lose the hole. That works too.
0: Or you got a shotgun of beer. Cause that would make for some entertaining TV come holes like 16, 17, 18. <laughs> Whenever you got Josh Allen 16 shots deep. Well, imagine.
2: <laughs> well, how, about, how about Gronk? Oh. How about Gronk deep? <laughs> I mean, we can only imagine. And then Kelsey's act. Uh, With the Chiefs Super Bowl celebration going full WWE mode, and then of course Brady needing to be escorted, (laughs) the only thing he wasn't wearing was a life jacket around his neck. See, this is good. What we've thrown out may be a little bit better,
0: or or the fact that they're doing it in Vegas. There better be some like wagering between the guys on on holes. It's legal.
2: Now just get clearance from the NFL.
0: Oh, that's that's a good point. That's a great point. We we don't need any
2: Art Schleister-type punishment coming down the pike.
0: Yeah, I didn't didn't think about that one.
2: (laughs) You know, you're going to throw a little bit of a wobbly pass on third and eight if you miss this putt or make this putt Uh, next time we play each other in the regular season. I am going to miss Romo and Manning. Peyton, they ought to have Peyton do the commentary on this.
0: Just get Peyton in the in the commentary booth. I don't even care what sport it is anymore. I, I love watching that Manning cast.
2: But no, get 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 Peyton and Barkley to do the play by play of it.
0: Ooh, ooh, Shack is like an on the greens correspondent. Yeah, I mean, Shack,
2: <laughs> or or just mix in Barkley in general and give some
0: strokes. You can make Jackson the TikTok correspondent. <sighs> I I guess you could. At least put him to work if he's going to be there. That
2: might turn off half of America and a majority of the audience. This will be on TNT, so we don't have to to pony up for it.
0: Mm. The first one of these, was at a pay-per-view? Yeah, I think it was also on TNT. Okay. I believe. I believe. Lord knows I'm not paying to watch this.
2: No, I I don't think I would either. And June 1st in Vegas will be a bit toasty.
0: No, I'd I'd do the pay-per-view if this was a cage match, as Tom said, but... (laughs) <laughs> Tom Tom said on Twitter that the uh, the NFL contracts did not allow them to do a steel cage match between the four quarterbacks. I would pay for that, though. They would all three team
2: up on him. You think? Oh, completely. They would they would tie him up to a chair, and they, they would force-feed him fast food to see if he'd explode.
0: I don't see Rodgers teaming up with any of his competitors in the NFL. I, I see him. He's He's a one-man band type of guy.
2: Dude, after getting ousted by Brady... Uh, With home field, you bet your ass he's going to be part of that three-man tag team (laughs) against Tom Brady. They don't want to injure, but we may scare him a little bit. (laughs) The people's elbow. Yeah, the people's elbow for sure. But there's your golf update. Chewy will have a take on this, I'm quite certain, on Wednesday. So pretty good. Next hour, we will run down Charlie McBride, Mr. Blackshirt, Get his take on spring evaluation and uh, the importance. Seven in state kids now offered by the Big Red. Three of them uh, already, three of the seven, have committed uh, Brommer and Gatula and Sledge. But uh, Coleman and Noonan, Knutson and Nagoy, still out there for Nebraska.
1: And now, and now, back to
2: Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, be sure to download, subscribe, and rate us Good, Bad, or Ugly, the podcast to tale Rar City Radio, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and uh, take us with your time. Catch us live, of course, around uh, the state of Nebraska, ESPN Lincoln, in Lincoln, uh, Superstation, uh, 1460, 1550, uh, and uh, 92.1 and ninety two. I think seven. Cardi Hastings Grand Island and uh, News Talk 900 in Columbus. So uh, catch us uh, wherever you're headed or uh, from. Appreciate you doing so. Reminder to get buckled up. Game preparation and uh, repetition predict success and winning. Drivers and vehicle passengers who always use their seatbelts will increase their survival chances of a crash should happen. Remember to always buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. It'll be uh, interesting to see if there's attrition that happens here towards the end of the week. You've had uh, the exit interviews presumably uh, into last week or a lot of last week and maybe a few more this week. And I know coaches are also on the road, so that that timing may not mesh up. But who's uh, staying, who's going, and uh, where is Nebraska at as they head into to summer workouts and summer conditioning. Quarterback play, we'll get Coach McBride's take on it. Will Nebraska have better quarterback play? Uh, Also, his thoughts uh, coming up on uh, Nebraska's staff on the road here locally and uh, the spring evaluation period. It is weird, and Greg Smith touched on it. I, I can't remember... The last time a Nebraska high school product went to an Oklahoma school. I mean, I know it's happened, I think, for Oklahoma, but not for Oklahoma State. I think Junior Bryant went from Creighton Prep to Notre Dame, was really pretty good. I grew up playing ball uh, in the schoolyard with Ty Good, a hell of a great player. At Lincoln Southeast, he ended up going to Notre Dame. And
0: uh, that's kind of from my era. <laughs> in, in basketball, recently, you had Donovan Williams go to yeah, Donovan Donovan, well, that's, yeah, for basketball. But different sport. Mm-hmm.
2: TJ Pugh went down to KU. Yeah,
0: I'm trying to think of, I know of anyone. Oh, you had, uh, who's the... You have more you the, know, on the basketball front. Who is the tight end who went down to, to Oklahoma? From up a, was he? Bell oh, Caden. Caden Helms. Yes. Caden Helms went down to Oklahoma, I think. Was it was you it, as it, Auburn that was wasn't that Riley Ducker that went there was because there was two tight ends that I, went
2: that's right Nebraska lost their ass in tight ends last <laughs> yeah. year but to their credit they've also got Fidoni, uh, of course uh, and and yeah Rollins I mean there there was just a lot of tight ends to pick from
0: yeah yeah
2: so I, I need to recant that lost their ass comment because they've done quite well. They've they've targeted and, and went after and done done pretty good at least so far for what we've seen through spring and you hope uh, Fedoni gets healthy.
0: Yeah, I, I tend to focus on the in-state kids that end up coming to Nebraska as opposed you say, to yeah. I mean,
2: and Carney, I think Carney's going to be good, a good ball player as well <clears throat> for the Big Red. So, hour two loaded up. Uh, Benny Nagoy uh, again offered as an athlete this morning. The uh, standout from Lincoln High. Set to be with us less than an hour. We'll try and catch up with him, with his schedule. Uh, The guy's doing track right now. And uh, Mr. Blackshirt is next. Charlie McBride. Thanks for spending time. Hour two on the way with Hale Varsity. Presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity Welcome to it. Back to hour two. It's Hail Bar City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. We say hello to uh, Mister Blackshirt himself. A Monday with Charlie, Coach Charlie McBride. Coach, you got the snowshoes out up north.
5: Yep. Now he was just having a meeting, you know, with Elijah, and he said that I should not complain about the weather because it's beautiful there.
2: <laughs> well, it's not. It's been a long. Uh, it's been a long way since beautiful. Uh, the oh last. The last three weeks, we've had hurricane force winds. It almost feels like. But but that's beautiful compared to a, a snowstorm in mid-April. I get it. We had snowflakes in the driveway yesterday, <laughs> leaving for Easter service, and. Yeah, I yeah, know. We, Wait, just, you, we
5: you sent it to us. You sent it to us today. <laughs> we had a nice day yesterday. <laughs>
2: Pretty soon we'll get. Pretty soon we'll get golf weather. You know.
5: Oh, don't even say that.
2: Well, we'll just keep holding our breath, Coach. Well, yes, sir. This, uh, this time of year always uh, has been busy for coaches, and now that we're able to get out and, and be a little more normal, have uh, yeah, oh, the, the spring evaluation right. period, right?
5: Yeah, that. I mean, this is. Um, we, we 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 kind of re, uh, the end of our because the the signing date was like the what the first Wednesday so the sixth all the time mm-hmm. I think it was and uh, then the rest of the month we were on the road recruiting uh, walk on kids and in our areas and so but it was like. Um, we're still gone now we're really gone from home mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? so it was it was kind of a it was however it was a little more relaxing than getting ready for a game or getting ready for the spring game or going through spring ball and so <clears throat> it's it's good for the coaches in some ways but they're just not with their families a lot of them. I, I don't know if the rules are the same but we, we could only have seven coaches on the road at a time and but we could, and if one, you couldn't change like you do now. I know at the end of my, even my era, they mm-hmm. they were able to change coaches. Um, I guess two two coaches a, a,
2: a month or something. I don't know what, what, it,
5: what it all was. But they change about every 15 minutes anyway, don't they?
2: Well, it, it's been shifting, and, and Coach Frost is not allowed on the road. Uh, the rest of his staff is to go see. Players and there's uh, there's seven in-state kids that are getting offers from a lot of places. Yeah, uh, the quarter, uh-huh. the quarterback up in Gretna not only was offered but but gave a verbal commit last night, Zane Flores, to Oklahoma State. So he's going to go play football for Gundy. He's an hour away from Nebraska. Uh-huh. Uh, the university, and uh, you have a kid out of Lincoln High that we're going to talk to in a little bit. That that got an offer. You have a really uh, heavy crop of of in-state talent that that are scholarship not only uh, look at by Nebraska. Three of the seven have committed to Nebraska, but you have schools like Washington and uh, <laughs> where else do I want to go? Uh, Iowa State, Kansas, Pitt. Yukon Missouri Texas Tech Iowa is always coming into Nebraska so it's, it's, what it's open season what bud. right
5: when 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 coaches let the state go like well let me go back to Riley the first year I don't even know if they recruited the state and that that opened the door and then uh, the last one that I know of was uh, was Pelini who let the kid go to Stanford who said, The reason we didn't recruit him hard was because we didn't know where he's going to play. Now, that, to me, is you can't say that. Mm -hmm. And you don't do that because you'll find if the kid's a player, he's going to play, you know, someplace. But anyway, there's so many different things. But now, you know, you got Wyoming in with Craig Bull, Mm -hmm. who's banging the, the university. And uh you know, you've got all Kansas states in here now, and LSU, Oregon's in here now. Once they're in here, they're in here forever. And if you just let people, kids in the state go, they're going to go because if you don't pay any attention to them, then they're they're out of here because they, and they and that's just the way they feel. And I mean, we've lost kids now to Wisconsin, Stanford. Uh, I, you know, Iowa. I mean, some great players, guys that are starters as sophomores and freshmen, and that stuff doesn't go uh, very good. Well, once that happens, it builds a decay around uh, the whole the whole football staff as far as recruiting.
2: Well, and it doesn't help that you're not winning right now either. Correct.
5: Well, to that too, but. You know, I mean, I I listen to guys on TV once in a while. At, I hear people, you know, that are fathers of, of a, one of our players that happened to go to another school and said, well, he wanted to go to school where they were going to win.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Well, that's he's a freshman. He As he gets into a sophomore, junior, and senior year, he may be getting into a year where they're losing all three years. So, You know, you pick the school you want to go to. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's where they, you know, where you have a chance to get a job from a person in that state who, you know, because you're a player here, you're a good student, you've done everything, who wants to hire you. Mm -hmm. When you go to another state, they're
2: going to take care of their kids first. <laughs> Charlie McBride's with us. No, I get you. Well, and to to make a point, you mentioned Bull in Wyoming, but also Leopold down in Kansas, right? I mean, he's he, he was at UNO and 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 he's uh, knocking on the door. Matt Campbell's been in Nebraska a ton, so Nebraska's. I think they're really working hard, though, Coach, to to keep those in-state kids here.
5: Well. There's a little difference in what what's going on here.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: What's going on here? We're going out. And we're going to the uh, thing. We're looking for ready-made players that are already there. Portal. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's no there's not a lot of talk about developing players and starting from scratch and having kids. You know, when I went to school, I mean this this is stupid to be saying this, but I, it was the same with our guys when I when I went to school and our coach got fired. Mm-hmm. we decided we're going we're gonna to win the conference. We're gonna, we decided it, not the coaches. They We didn't even know who that coach was going to be. Mm-hmm. We didn't care. We decided we're going to win the conference, and we did. As seniors, we went to the Orange Bowl. We won the conference and everything else. We had the most players in the conference drafted. And, you know, you look at it that way, that's the way I grew up. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you don't give up on something. You choose a school because you want to go there. I mean, not because they're winners, losers, upside down, backwards. You go to a school where you feel comfortable, and you know you feel like you can be helped through school and after school. And so, um, you know, that's why I look at this state has been so loyal to their players. Mm-hmm that I think a lot of guys don't look at the afterwards. You know, they think of the four years, but they got another 60 years of their life left.
2: Charlie McBride's with us, Hale, Varsity Radio. Coach, I want to get a thought from you, and it's just a, a sad day when we look at history, and, and today was 26 years ago, Brooke passed away. And, you know, what's Brooke's legacy to you? What do you remember about being uh, being with, with Brooke Beringer?
5: Well, you know, when you talk like that, I mean, I, I, I can think about so much about his mom,
2: mm-hmm.
5: and and how how I mean, Brooke was there wasn't a player on our team who didn't care for him, and it's it's hard for me to even talk talk about it, but sure. he he was he he was a kid that he he was like I, I can Roger Craig, you know, we had another running back came in there and. When they moved Roger to fullback, but he was a guy that he knew he was going to be something, a part of it. And no matter how he cut it, he was going to do it, and he did it. Mm -hmm. And he left a legacy here of being the kind of person he was, being the kind of football player he was. I know that uh, there was a, a scout here who was, uh, his name was Anderson. He was a starting quarterback for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals.
2: Ken Anderson. Yep. Yeah.
5: He, yeah, he told me time and time again, we want this kid, you know, and stuff like that. And, you know, so you knew the Bengals were going to try to draft him and, you knew that he was the kind of player that had had the intelligence to be able to pick all this stuff up and go play. And uh, you know, uh, it it just it just hurts when you hear you know the, the you know what happened that day was like it didn't exist. Mm. You know, for for a lot of us, it was it was unbelievable. Mm. And a lot of the players, you know, are just devastated.
2: Coach, thank you for for sharing your your thoughts, your warm thoughts on on Brooke today and uh, for answering that. Coach, going to switch gears. Uh, You have a profile that was just done by the Athletic, and uh, they're going through football programs that were, were once really good and now are dormant trying to climb their way back up. You're a Colorado alum. Colorado's the team featured in this story, kind of the post-McCartney years, and they've never been the same since they moved on from Coach Barnett. You know, what What do you attribute Colorado's struggles to?
5: Same thing ours is changing coaches. Yeah. You know, he had one that walked out on him in the middle of the night last year, didn't even say goodbye to his players. And Tucker? Um, yeah and 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 to me, kids don't look at this anymore, but to me, if a coach doesn't have five minutes to talk to his players that he's you know pla- that have played for him and he just leaves for the money, that tells me a little bit about the coach mm-hmm. and um and what what he's looking for. And, and, you know, there's there's coaches, and I've, I've been through this stuff. There's coaches that are there for the money. They're there for, for the – they love the place. They want to coach there. And I think there were guys at Florida State like that. There were guys at Nebraska like that. There were a lot of play coaches at Ohio State when I was there that are like that. And – again, if you're a loser, you're not winning, there's going to be some coaching guys looking for other jobs. They want to go someplace where they win. Mm -hmm. And it's nothing different than a player saying, well, I want to go somewhere they win. But the difference in the player and the coaches, the players got to understand that once they leave where they are, people forget them. Mm -hmm. Goodbye. You know? And if they stay, and the loyalties there, then there's people in business, there's people around the state that are willing to help them do anything they want after they graduate.
2: Coach, uh, a memory on a on a on a spring visit? Did you ever hit a cafe or a golf course? Uh, a fun trip in state that you maybe hadn't been to before.
5: Well, I I never you mean that going around the state? Yeah,
2: when you're going around the state, maybe your first impression of a of a small community you'd never been to.
5: They never let me go. <laughs> Cuz I was dangerous. <laughs> I used to somebody said, somebody said I was even worse than Cleet Fisher. Cleve used to grab him by the throat and say, what do you mean you're not thinking about Nebraska? Sign the paper.
2: <laughs> Little Sinatra treatment. <laughs> they
5: thought maybe I was going to do more than that. Take him out in the woods or something. <laughs> That's pretty good, but uh, I—I'll uh, tell you what—I didn't get a chance, but I think the biggest thing that I noticed when I was in, at Nebraska, if—if you—if you could be in the office, if anybody could be in the office, the week after the first week of the head coach was allowed to recruit, which was basically this week, mm-hmm. Tom Osborne came went by himself and recruited the whole state walk-ons and scholarship guys and himself. And he walked in on Friday for the meeting, and he looked like he was dragged through the, you know what? <laughs> I mean, he didn't ever want to lose a player in the state, ever. In fact, if there was a guy that was offered a scholarship out of the state, and we didn't we – were, we were behind on we better jump on it. And he ended up probably getting a scholarship. And and so – because we believed in him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, you know, if you believe – if you've got red blood going, then you're wrong at Nebraska. Yeah.
0: Now, Charlie, we were talking on Friday with Bill Dolan about doing a tour, all 93 counties of Nebraska – uh, maybe stopping by a bar in each county. Are, are there any places, any towns in Nebraska you, 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 you stop by and you, 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 you know, they just stuck out in your memory?
2: We got to hit that town.
0: Yep.
5: Yeah, yeah. Well, I,
0: I, you, you have, are you talking
5: about recruiting?
0: Just, just any town in Nebraska that you stop by. Maybe it was a recruiting visit. Maybe you were going for a, a little vacation, I guess. I don't know. In, oh, any small it, towns. It,
5: oh, yeah, hey, there's no question. And you know the thing is, you tried to get the biggest pl- th- bonus we had for us was the was the was the uh, 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 clinic that we had mm-hmm. in the summertime. Uh, it was it was a real plus for us in recruiting and getting to know coaches, and that was our, our our whole goal was to meet as many coaches as we could, talk football, bring them into your office, to draw on the blackboard, do what. Do what you could do. If they said, Coach, would you like to come in? Could you talk to our staff? We tried to make time to do that. And, you know, there's so many things that we, we tried to do everything we could to make the staff, uh, you know, available. Mm-hmm. But the thing that thing still was the bonus was when Coach Osborne showed up in, in person. Because mm-hmm. look at any other school. Their assistant coach comes in. He does gives you this song and dance, and when the head coach walks in, that means something. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so in the state, that's what Tom believed in. He believed that the head coach needs to be the guy that you know starts the engines, <laughs> and so he did that. Mm-hmm.
2: Coach, we'll uh, we'll talk a little NFL draft next week. How's that sound?
5: I think I'm gonna. Um try to avoid the way these I listen to all their talk. They can't make up their mind on anybody.
2: <laughs> yeah. I won't ask you who's going number one overall. We'll just talk about some of the options. Coach, you have a good week and stay out of that <laughs> okay. snow, okay?
5: Okay. Okay. Talk to you next week. <laughs> all right, coach. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you later. Bye now.
4: Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe. Promo code GBR. Chime in.
1: 402-466-ESPN or email the show. Chris at Hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity
2: Radio. Hope you're doing well. Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Big thanks to Charlie McBride. He was awesome as always. And uh, get that podcast to Coach McBride a Monday with Charlie ESPNLincoln.com. It'll be posted on ESPN Lincoln's website. And uh, we'll get the interview posted on ESPN Lincoln's Twitter handle. And uh, SoundCloud portion will be up for your uh, enjoyment. I I just laugh out loud. And he's like, well, (laughs) I was dangerous when I went out on the road. Uh, What, you're not coming to Nebraska, right? The old hard sell. And uh, I never got to meet Coach Cletus Fisher (laughs) But uh, he's like, well, but Cletus was much worse than I was. The old in-state offer slash threat, you're coming to Nebraska, aren't you? So that was pretty good. Benny Nagoy, standout prospect from Lincoln High, going to be with us uh, in about 15 minutes or so. We're banking on that. We'll run him down sometime this week if, if his track schedule doesn't allow, but uh really good ball player uh, at Lincoln High. So he got the uh, the offer from Mickey Joseph today. So,
0: Well, I, I just want to add, I, I got to see him compete in track and field just a couple of weeks ago. I was out at, I can't remember which event it was, but it was out at Lincoln High, and I, and I got to watch him do the triple jump, and holy cow, that dude can fly. 44 and what? Uh, I don't know. I was sitting pretty far away from where they were yelling out the 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 results. All I know 11,
2: is 11 to 100. 11 offers all right and i think his broad jumps 10 10 oh my i mean just a just an insanely good
0: athlete yeah all i know is his athleticism popped like even more from what what i've seen in videos which has been impressive to see him in person it was like a man that large should not be flying that far through the air it just it did not seem human
2: just to spend two more seconds on benny before this uh, big game boomers List of 100 greatest field goal kickers of all time. I I get a kick out of big game boomers' Twitter postings. He goes through a lot, uh, and Nebraska's been been mentioned a lot with the different position groups. But with with Benny, what's what's fun watching him. And I think this last season he had around 500 yards receiving, and they put him. Uh, Six touchdowns. They put him in the slot. A lot of smash routes to the corner. A lot of go routes off of a rollout. And he made a a ton of nice catches in traffic. uh, Was able to shed tackles. Very sturdy. I think your comp from a body style to uh, Stanley Baptiste isn't far off. I think Stanley's just thicker. But as far as the quickness and acceleration... I mean the jump balls and the go routes are fun because he's six four right and he, and he's got track speed, so even the even though the poor corner in pick a high school that was giving him cushion he'd run by and he'd run by the corner, giving cushion and he'd run by the safety, drifting over to help cover he, he's just that and his first step was great his at the high school level uh putting him in the slot with some of his uh, double-move routes, very impressive. He can high-point it clearly at 6'4". But what I loved is you throw him in the slot and you throw that little bubble or just a quick little little hitch in the slot to him in traffic and watch him go get about 25 to 40 after the catch. But what Greg was talking about, Greg Smith, recruiting insider with Hale Varsity, He's been recruited as an athlete. He was fun defensively, either as a safety or as a corner or coming in off the edge. A guy at four and Benny Nagoy, at least through his highlight tape, has been very, very impressive with his wrap-up ability. And the dude hits low. That's hard for guys that tall to do, Elijah, you know. But for a for 6'4 dude to go as low as he does... And and kind of power through with some tackles, pretty impressive.
0: Well, that's that's the thing. Is it's one thing to go low on a guy. I mean, you see corners doing that in the NFL all the time. You just they throw their body at. Just somebody. torpedoing at somebody's ankles, trying to trying to get him to go down. That's not what we're talking about here. This is like in terms of the knee bend, the hip bend, just being able to get down yeah. low and wrap a guy around the legs and still be able to drive him to the ground, despite the fact that you're six foot four. That, that's more what we're talking about here. And uh, as you've said, recruiting him as an athlete, that's the best way I describe him. That dude is just an athlete. And there's probably 10 different positions you could put him on the football field that he'd thrive in.
2: Well, you have your hundreds, 100 greatest college field goal kickers, Sebastian Janikowski, O.C. Bass tops the list, Kevin Butler. I mean, he was playing, God, he played 400 years in the NFL, and he played at Georgia 400 years. Probably my most disliked kicker was Martin Gramatica. Do you remember him? You weren't born I, yet. Remember, I
0: remember his NFL days.
2: Right. Where he blew his knee celebrating. Yeah. Shooting his mouth off to the bench. Yeah. He's 130 pounds dripping wet, and he's shooting his mouth off. He was just a bleep talker at K-State. He was on that 98 team. That's why he didn't weep when A&M beat him. Uh, and then you have Alex Henry. How how money was Alex Henry? I mean, just incredible. Not only in the Big 12 title game, but anytime Nebraska needed the – a money kick in a tight ball game. He was ice. So good. But, the 57-yarder against the Buffs. Super impressive. And and he's there. Now, you're you're feeling a little bit disheartened well, I'm just, by Boomer's list here because he's left some Nebraska players off. Well, I'm looking at it, and
0: yeah, sure. A- Alex Henry is arguably th- he's the best here. The, the best in Nebraska history. Uh, but you could put Chris Brown up there as well and the the fact that Alex Henry's number five all time I don't know I don't watch college football to watch the kickers So I'm probably no, not the I, expert I, to consult here I, I think
2: he's I think this I think what he's done and the kicks he made because he I think it's fair man and I'm not a connoisseur of kickers either I mean Seabass was money I mean the guy got drafted in the third round and Seabass played a hundred years. Seabass was like bar fight dude. I mean, he almost got deported while he was at Florida State. I kid you not. Back to Poland or Russia, legit because he was like a barroom brawler at 270 pounds. Seabass fit Oakland perfectly, but no, Alex Henry's there. Uh, this Twitter handle also did college safeties not long ago, and and I. I think their list was good except that there was no Mike Mitter or or Mike Brown. Those guys were incredible. Where you got Mitter Minter was legendary, man. Just super legendary for uh, for Nebraska and and he played so well early in his career. And then Mike Brown though was phenomenal and and nebraska just stacked and before then was tony veland and kareem moss they're really
0: good the thing about these lists though is you got to remember if it was a perfect list then no one would be talking about it
2: no i know and from a defensive tackle standpoint like sue's number one which is impressive i I think he had some of his position groups screwed up because i mean kevin raymaker is really good um, but Jason Peter, Christian Peter, need to be on this list. Uh, Neil Smith for sure. Neil Smith wasn't a defensive end. I don't believe Danny Noonan on this list. Well, they're, they're but his just... top five. I mean, you got the fridge comes in. William Perry comes in at twenty six. You have Sue, Leroy Selman, Joe Green, Bronco Nagurski, Aaron Donald, Warren Sapp. Warren Sapp's up there. Rich Glover comes in inside the top ten.
0: See, I'll save my my anger and whatnot for his list whenever he releases the top 100 fullbacks of all time. That's whenever I'll have a problem with his list. But he hasn't released that yet, so we'll wait and see. He may have done fullback. Has he? I don't uh, think he uh, has uh, yet. Oh, really? A while
2: back? Well, then you just get into that discussion, man. Who's your who's your fullback numero uno? I mean, do you go Schlesinger? Do you go Makovica? Do you go Rathman? Do you go Andre Franklin? I mean, you had some incredible greats. There's kind of my Mount Rushmore of fullbacks, though.
0: Legit. I'm looking back to see if there was a fullbacks list, because I don't remember seeing one.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think I saw it. I mean, he's gone through the safeties list. He's he's done the quarterbacks.
0: He's done offensive line. Quarterbacks. He's done tight ends. Yeah,
2: Nebraska was linebackers as well. Levante David's in on there. Uh, you don't have... I mean, defensive ends, like, good. He has Wistrom there, right, in at number 12. Reggie White's in at number 1. You, Green, two, David Pollock. I know he had great numbers at Georgia, but really, it's David Pollock. Pollock, you know, nine spots in front of Grant Wistrom. Is Jadavion Clowney in his Gator Bowl
0: hit really in front of Grant Wistrom? Well, you know what's funny to me? Well, David Pollock, I've only known him as the guy on TV. I, I didn't know he played college football until a couple of years ago.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had no idea, and I wouldn't have so never guessed he He just, magically, he got, he just <laughs> magically makes half a million a year and sits in tours during the fall. You know, well, he, you know he had to play somewhere. Well, tell, look at him and tell me that he even looks like a defensive lineman. I would have guessed, like, quarterback. Teddy Bruschi used to play defensive lineman on that Arizona, those Arizona squads in the— uh, Early '90s under Dick Tomey, they were great. The Desert Swarm.
0: Yeah, that one I did know because then it was the they Patriots moved back who converted him back to linebacker. Who converted him back to linebacker? Yeah, which, so which is like a classic Patriots move. Totally,
2: and and you know,
0: Ed, take, take a college defensive lineman. Make Ed him a linebacker. Stewart needs
2: to be on the linebacker list because he's also he, he went the other way. He converted from safety to linebacker. Mm-hmm. So that that's where I'm at. But we'll dive in. Neil Smith's not a defensive end. Jared Thomas is on the list. That's good. Uh, also, uh, you have Jason Peter, not a defensive end, defensive tackle. But the uh, the efforts there to, to highlight Nebraska. I'll keep researching the fullback part
0: of this. I, still haven't see, I scrolled back through. I still haven't seen it. However, props to Big Game Boomer for putting all these together, giving us something to talk about here. That's what these lists are all about. And he's done a good job for all t- history, every single team, to go make a top 100 list for about every position. That's tough to do.
2: We will uh, effort and try and run down uh, newest Nebraska offer, Benji Nagoy from Lincoln High. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine or annual football yearbook and all the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com just go to hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code gbr for ten dollars off a full year of hail varsity that's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code gbr
1: and now and now back
2: to hail varsity radio Thanks for hanging out. Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. A few minutes away, we'll check in with uh, Benny Nagoy from uh, Lincoln High. An offer from Mickey Joseph today. News on Sunday, Zane Flores off to Oklahoma State. An in-state prospect that uh, is uh, going to be uh, going to Stillwater. 70% completion percentage. Uh, Gretna depending on how you look at it i know how the nsaa looks at it but uh, good enough to to claim a state title in memorial stadium uh, until it was taken away but uh, the kid can ball and he is leaving uh the state of nebraska good on him for earning several offers when we talk about uh, benny this is where nebraska's at obviously the in-state angle is is going to be key from a from a closeness to home proximity but Nebraska finally getting an offer out there, and, and kudos to, to Mickey Joseph and Nebraska's staff for, for really hammering in state. Malachi Coleman, Maverick Noonan, Brock Knudsen from Scotts Bluff, Benny Nagoy and Bromer, Gatula, Sledge all committed, but there's seven there. So Iowa State is kind of his first visit. You look at the Iowa State visit. Uh, In uh, actually September 11th of 2021, Benny visited Iowa State then again. So he's had two visits to Cyclone Country. He's had three visits to KU, two visits to Kansas State. Minnesota is in. Joey Gaines in Northern Iowa is in there. South Dakota is there. But also Coach Narduzzi and Pitt have been there. Washington uh, with Kalen. With Caleb DeBoer, of course, the, the former Fresno State coach now up at Washington, a, a, a guy that knows the, the Nebraska area very well, being at the University of Sioux Falls, and having a record of like 105-3 and three or something ungodly as a head coach there before he moved up the ranks as OC. So Virginia uh, is also uh, in the mix, Texas Tech, Missouri, Iowa. So, I mean, it's a, it's a slew of... Of talent, so, and remember the the video Kevin Suits put out Friday Night Lights
0: last summer. Yep, that's what really put him on the
2: map. Benny Nagoy went and went full Randy Moss on somebody during Friday Night Lights, and then he had a good camp at Wayne State. So he's been turning heads. He's been doing it on the track, uh, on the on the track as well during spring, and eleven offers and counting. So. Uh, the fact Nebraska is in will be good. We'll find out more uh, from Benny hopefully here in the next few minutes.
0: It Reminds me of a uh, not to disparage that cornerback there, but it reminds me of a, a tweet I saw one time that said college football's fun because you're getting a future first round NFL draft pick matched up against a future investment banker. And it's the, the similar <laughs> situation at Friday Night Lights. You got let's, let's, a you got a future Power Five starting guy. I, I'm not trying to. Throw anything out saying Benny Ngoi is going to be this, going to be that. Obviously, development is huge in college football. But that's what the Friday Night Lights camp is all about, seeing guys are going to be a future Power 5 starter, a guy like Micah Parsons going up against a future economics major.
2: <laughs> what, what, what did Mel Kuyper say this weekend? He said something, different occupation, future occupation guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, he had three sacks against a tackle. They didn't get to play pro ball. Totally get it to anybody uh stick out to you i'm not saying like to go down that that dark road of oh elijah had a bad game in high school but I mean, any guys you went up against in class a that kind of wowed you i mean you got to see uh williams every day in practice didn't you yeah did you play next to him or did he
0: well uh there was bryson next to me who that always was fun one-on-one in practice but he had a different gear for games that I don't think we ever really got to see all that much in practice. Where he would flip it and go to an d- angry place. Yeah, the the best lineman I played in high school is a guy that's now at Nebraska and Kevin Williams. That, oh, that cool. was a guy that uh, – I remember Bryson went down with a concussion against Omaha North, and he was out for the second half, so they threw poor old me out there who was not a good defensive lineman. And they threw me up against Kevin Williams, a future – I end up at nebraska power five type guy and that was that did not go well for me so that's the the number one guy that sticks out in my mind and there i can't remember this that would have been senior year but there was another guy junior year at millard west he was a really good defensive end and ended up going division one in wrestling and i remember being not as impressed by him but he was a division one wrestler not a football player so Mm -hmm. those wrestlers got enough crazy for you or was
2: it clearly his second sport
0: I think it was pretty. He was a athletic guy, strong guy, but it felt like his second sport. Considering I was a junior out there making my first varsity start, and I thought I handled him pretty well. But on the other hand, Millard West was going to be a team that was competing for state that season. I believe they lost in the state title game, whereas we, my junior season, were three and eight, so or three and seven or whatever the however many games mm-hmm. you play in high school. So the, the, he he may have also just uh, not been taking me as seriously as some other matchups you might have. <laughs> who wouldn't take – were you trying to grow a mustache then? I was not. But in my defense, I feel like I won the matchup that day, so maybe he shouldn't have taken me so lightly. How many times did you get called for holding? Against him? Hmm? Not once. I only got called for holding like once in my varsity career. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And asking the offensive lineman, They didn't hold.
2: You, never, did you guys me. never hold. USFL, Do you watch much? No, no, no. Well. It was on – it was kind of on in the periphery. I you know you had Mike Riley fist pumping, and the the joke was
0: little to no hip-hip hoorays where they lost a tight ball game. Well, my I like flipped it on briefly, and whenever I saw there was maybe 200 people in the entire stadium, that's when I went, well, if the fans in the hometown are even going to go out and check it out, why should I be checking it out on TV? I'll go watch my nuggets get blown out. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, they're moving the, uh, the Creighton game off of FS1 F- 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 to – FS2 now. Well,
0: it sounds like they had decent ratings for an opening weekend, which was a little bit surprising me. I think they peaked at almost four million viewers in that Saturday night game, which is it's not bad, solid numbers for Take the USFL it. considering that's probably about four million more than how, are the, the, how are the the NBA game. numbers doing right now? That's a question that is above my what pay grade. Text Garth. Here. Garth, how are your numbers, brother? <laughs> Actually, I
2: thought I think they were up nineteen percent.
0: It's been a, it's been fun. I think. The LeBron fatigue has played its part in the NBA over the past couple of years. We're finally getting some young other stars that are coming up, and LeBron's not even in the playoffs this season. So,
2: whether you whether you agree with or disagree with LeBron's take on the the world of politics, that that is wore some dudes out who used to be NBA fans, older NBA fans. Have stopped watching who used to love NBA, and then it hasn't affected some NBA fans that are older either.
0: Now, I looked up the numbers here, and you got to account for the fact that last season the NBA was still pretty limited capacity with a lot of their mm-hmm. their uh venues, and that changed a lot of things. But viewership in the prime time nationally televised games was up an average of eleven percent this season. So viewership numbers up slightly this mm-hmm. year, but I. I I guess we'll see what the playoffs, what, what the playoffs brings, because that's whenever the NBA is probably going to make its money anyway with finals and conference finals and whatnot. So we'll see how that comes. I have personally enjoyed watching the NBA season this year. And as I said, those young stars, Trey Young. Uh, you've been at, fun, man. Yeah, you look at Ja Morant. Uh, you look at uh, Anthony Edwards for the T-Wolves. He's been incredible to watch. And uh, I think those guys are, are going to keep the, the NBA in, in in good graces with the American people over the next couple of years. Those guys are exciting.
2: Well, we'll uh, see if we can swing Benny Nagoy here in the next uh, 10 minutes or so. If not, we'll uh, give her another shot. But good times on a Monday with Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, Good stuff from Charlie McBride this hour. We kicked off the show with Greg Smith and uh, recruiting Hale Varsity will wind down on Monday. Presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
4: Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. And I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GBR
1: miss us?
0: come here brother I me a hug. bring it in for the real thing
1: we're on call for you catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com the ESPN Lincoln app or download them on iTunes saddle up partner back to hail varsity radio
2: one final time, Hail City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel, good stuff from Greg Smith, Charlie McBride. Love uh, getting caught up with them. We did not get to the uh, the story of the dreaded Buffaloes. We will uh, hit that at some point this week, but you know Nebraska is on that list of teams that have fallen that are trying to rise up. Coach McBride hit nail on head with. As to why teams have fallen off, and it's been coaching change. And, you know, it'll be kind of a funny sight to see which team returns to glory first. And <laughs> Nebraska, Colorado, some of the other teams, Texas Tech. I would, let's flip this around. What teams aren't ever coming back? That's the question. It's not. You know, could could Colorado come back? Yeah, they finished in the top twenty. I don't know. McIntyre's second year. Then they, you know, let him let him go. I don't think Texas Tech will ever come back to what they were with Leach. It's biased. Forgive me. Arkansas, maybe. I mean, they they've been through a, a few coaches, and I think they've got a. A good old offensive line guru down there where they can, not that, that B-Lama wasn't, but had a fish out of water going from the Big Ten in the Midwest down to the SEC. He, uh, he needed to, to break right for him, and it just never did. He'll kill it in Illinois. Like, bowl-wise, he'll get to bowl games in Illinois.
0: I, I look at UCLA as a team that's never going to get back to their former glory. 10-2? For I mean, I'm, I'm talking like finishing top 15 I mean, sure they can probably pump out the occasional nine and three season, but it's
2: there to do
0: though. Man. I, I still see them as the little brother in LA, though, compared to USC, especially with what USC has put together with Lincoln Riley they, now. They've had, they've had a window. They've had a window pre Lincoln Riley and, and then to I, do it, and then I look at the fans. Post pre Riley, I look at the fan support too. Where the, the fan support for UCLA just isn't there. Dude, you've you've
2: always you've got to be going eleven and two, ten and one. You know what I'm saying here? Go. Win your conference and play in the Rose Bowl. Then folks will show up. It was cool to be a USC fan during the Carroll era because they were winning. They were cranking out Heisman's. They had Reggie Bush. They had the who's who of Will Ferrell and Snoop on the sideline. It was a, it was a party. And they didn't have any pro football, really. Now you have the, the, the Rams and the Chargers.
0: That's that's why it's I so see this is- and,
2: and it's... It's still LA, so there's a thousand things to go do other than football. <laughs> That's true. But we'll see. Uh, a team I do see getting back, though, I, I think Miami's still got a, a decent setup. I, well, Miami, Miami's always been underfunded, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but they have, you have a monster of an issue with being down for a while.
0: But they still have Miami. They have but, but, great NIL opportunities. But down. you have
2: Florida's been through the ringer of coaches. Florida State's down. Miami's been down. Cristobal's a cane. He'll get him up and running. They'll be fine. With him, they've just kind of picked wrong uh, for a while. And the, the entire country invades to recruit there. The three in-state schools, Georgia, South Carolina, talk to you tomorrow on Hale Varsity. A
1: Media Production.